Proverbs number 152, when we finally said, my the sweetest name of all is Jesus, and Jesus is our hiding place, and we ask God to open our eyes. So, opening him, I sing the only power of God.
morning is the great privilege of reaching out by way of television and radio and YouTube and Facebook and other means. Communication, we pray for those who are recuperating this past week of illnesses. Pray for our beloved ones. We pray for Janet Peterson. We pray for those who have experienced even death this past year, loved ones. We pray for Debbie and we pray for others by way of television, radio, and YouTube, and Facebook. We pray for Winterose, for Jeannie as she's recuperating from surgery, and Joe as he's recuperating from skin cancer. And we pray, Father, that you continue to put him on the mend and, and in our hearts and prayers. We pray for our beloved Robin Larson, who is struggling with upper respiratory infection and all forms of other ailments. Lord, we just pray you have your hand of healing upon Robin. As we look forward to next weekend, the blessing of bites as they join us from 915 to 1015 and lunch that follows. We Thank you, we are privileged to share the space with Gay Out Twin Cities House of Prayer and the gathering for the recent developments in our, our church and the moving and some interesting directions. We pray for your divine guidance upon our future. Give us wisdom and discernment as we negotiate the terms and situations as Evaluators evaluated the church and the needs of the church physically. We thank the Lord for our organist Clarice as he's been faithful many years. Bless her musical abilities and her motherhood and her grandmother. And we do pray for a special blessing upon our mothers and grandmothers and great grandmothers, Lord, as we look at the value of the spiritual discernment upon those who have guided us and directed us. We thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. We thank you for our Bible study with Ira and those attendees. We thank you, Lord, as we look forward to this week and Memorial Day season to honor our veterans and those who have served God's country in such grave areas. For these and others, we pray your blessing upon 2 Timothy chapter 3, 13, as those by way of television. As we turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, 13, we ask you would help us to rightly define and discern the times that we live in and the lawlessness. We wonder sometimes, will we see the second coming of Christ, the rapture of the church? Are we witnessing the last days? I believe we are. Guide us and lead us, Lord, in discernment now as you taught us to pray the prayer that your followers pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us the city of our daily bread and forgive us our debts and forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. If your journey is by way of television or other means of communication today, you will want to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13, and passage of scripture that deals with many subjects that we're encountering today, and we're going to be dealing with that in days and weeks to come. God's holy word grants us to be some high witnesses of the, the things that are changing us, the godliness in the last days of 2 Timothy chapter 3, just a small verse, but very powerful verse if we take it context of the personal instructions that Jesus granted to us. But 
wicked people and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving others and being deceived. God bless the reading and hearing of his word. Good morning, brothers and sisters. We had one verse statement. We get an awful lot of that one verse. And my Bible said it's referred to as evil men. It's not referring to the common sinners like ourselves. What it is, it's referring to wicked men that are full of ungodliness and wickedness and complete malice against Christianity as a whole. Even the devil himself is referred to as an evil man when he's called the wicked one. Because of references like this, society itself is in a downward slide. And we can pray on one, the situation will never get better. No, I'll stop changing it. The condition of mankind will never get better. The situation we're praying for can improve, not the condition of mankind as a whole. Paul often warned against the deception of false teachers. In Romans chapter 16, 18, verse 18, he taught, For each person do not serve our Lord Christ but their own appetites, and by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. In Ephesians 5, 6, he writes, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because these things, the wrath of God, God comes down upon the sons of disobedience. Paul has also raised warnings like in spiritual deception. And I have a lot of... Um, references here, so if you want, I can copy this. 1 Corinthians 3.18, chapter 6, verse 9, Galatians chapter 6, verse 3, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, James chapter 1, verse 16 and 26, and 1 John chapter 1, 8, verse 8, chapter 2, verse 26, chapter 3, verse 7, and 2 John, chapter 1, verse 7. Deception was always a big problem with the early church. That's going to become even more so and increase as we live here in the end times now. Luke, chapter 2, verse 16, highlights this as it reads, but avoid it in reverent Babylon. For all will lead people into more and more ungodliness. Like good men can continue to do good things to get better with their righteous actions, evil men on a downhill side and can become even more evil as they continue to do evil things. Evil men will do that, they will continue to get more so evil as they continue, but they can only try to convey a false and counterfeit relationship with God through the words and actions. Not speaking of that, the people of the end times here. My point was, people can do good things continually get better. People that do evil things get worse. Through the grace of God and practice, a good man becomes a more consistently better person. Likewise, allowing people to deceive others, you must first be deceived. Deceivers have been already been deceived. Now they're going to bring others down with them. The word deceiver used here in the Bible used in the, indicates that people have fallen further under their own delusion by being, if there is such a thing, sincerely honest. Sounds like oxymoron, oxymoron but if there is a thing of sincere dishonesty, that's what they will be. If they are sincere liars, and a large part of their flaw is the ability to promote that ungodly character to others and steadily increasing numbers. We should pray, if we are here in the end time, we should pray for our brothers and sisters that they're not sucked, sucked into this worsening evil tornado as we approach the revealing of the evil one and return to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is returning. He will come back. Hallelujah and amen. Amen.
Would you stand with me for a word of prayer before we vote? Father God, we just want to thank you for the great, tremendous privilege we have of reflecting back on the last year from Mother's Day, this Mother's Day, and the many predicaments that our godly mothers helped us through and the examples of our parents. And how do we, we could probably select some 10 stories of the last year when in reality there probably were hundreds of prominent happenings during the year as the last days that seemed to wind down. We see the rise of the world economic form, the WF and the cabal and the rush of global government. Ten years ago, had we even heard of Klaus Schwab? How about the old Noah Harari? Were we tracking them even five years ago? Of course not. Today, many are aware of their, this crowd and the one world intentions. Leaders of major countries are falling prey to their Marxism and their fascism, their communism. A lot of our listeners see these as a true shadow of government of Revelation chapter 13 outlines their schemes. And we, we see, Lord, that a stirring up the spirit of the Antichrist, we all see the new lawlessness that Timothy is referring to, and the rebellion in every aspect of society. It's current overdrive and sparked in many essences by the, the riots. Police forces are being reduced, criminals face no bail, and prosecutors encourage more lawlessness. But the spirit of the Antichrist is everywhere. It's in our government, it's in our schools, in our churches, and more, it's, it's priming and pumping for the Antichrist. It's leading to the government knows best. Trust it. That's been the mantra in the Western world for almost three years now. Trust the government, the vaccines to, to properly handle pandemics and other health issues and keep you well. Millions bought into it, and millions now transitioned from trusting government to trusting the Antichrist. We see the rise of the green dragon and the worship of Mother Earth. Entire continents have caved to the religion of climate change and environmentalism. They, they worship Mother Earth rather than loving Heavenly Father. There are people that want to block the sun to fight global warming in the name of saving energy. Farmers in Europe and foreign countries are being put out of business and action that's inviting the family. Same people know this is lunacy, but they are helpless when their governments mandate boosters. And we see the race towards digital, digital <coughs> currency in the central bank digital currency. Are we surprised? Help us not to be unaware of the cosmetic picture that's being placed upon the world. Help us to be truly thankful for our godly mothers. In Jesus' name, amen. I trust that you take the um, the inserts and you read those because there's just a, so many wonderful um, Christian those who have to work and copy those and make sure they're placed in your bulletins and those who will receive them by way of mail, they really appreciate those. I'm not going to adhere too closely to my outline because I want to um, spend a little time talking about mothers and examples of mothers since it's Mother's Day we we like to honor our mothers each and every day. And if you think deeply enough about motherhood, I've always said that that when the devil, that when the devil robs a person, when the devil robs you or I, the last thing they will take from us is what 
we learned at our mother's knee. Think of it. In the midst of the sensuous pleasures of Egypt, the, the royal court, every time I watched the Ten Commandments and the rules and regulations, and even Hollywood has the focus upon the mother. Moses could never forget the teachings that he received as a child from his mother, Jochebed. The Bible also tells us about Hannah. You remember Hannah? Many of our listeners are named Hannah. Hannah, the godly woman who prayed for her son and realized that she neared the three-digit figure of age, that promise would probably not come, but she found that her prayer was answered. Hannah would dedicate him to the service of the Lord. When Samuel was born, Samuel was dedicated unto the Lord. Hannah kept her vow. And Samuel became one of Israel's greatest leaders, and much of the credit goes to Hannah, who taught him from infancy and, and followed him with their prayers. Mothers, mothers are the world's best teachers. I could tell you many stories, but one that always stands out in my mind is there's an interesting story about a, a London editor who, who made up a list of people who had taught Winston Churchill. And then the list was shown to Winston Churchill, and Winston Churchill returned with this comment. You, you have omitted mentioning one of the greatest of teachers of my life. That's my mother. Another great American who cherished the memories of their mother was Calvin Coolidge. It was said that Calvin Coolidge, <coughs> throughout all of his public service life, he, he had only one picture, only one picture on his desk his presidential desk, and that was the picture of his mother. It was the last article that was removed when he left the White House. And when Calvin Coolidge died, the picture was in his pocket, watched against his heart. He stated in his autobiography that when he was a boy of 12, his mother called him and his sister, aged 19, to her bedside and, and made him kneel as he received what Calvin Coolidge termed the final lesson. The final lesson. Many of you remember the final words of your loved ones. May they be blessings of God. The memory of his mother was his dearest possession and had a profound influence upon his life. I think, wasn't it, um, Chris, wasn't it your mother that passed away here just a few years ago? And we made more serious commitment to one another. Continuing on, there, there is a, a true story. A true story of a Chinese, a Christian mother lovingly placed a New Testament in the hands of her son who was about to impart as a soldier. And the young man was, was very thoughtful, thoughtless, and, and became rather wild while mixing with unsaved friends. Nevertheless, the mother had faith he would change his ways. And after he left home, she never ceased to follow him with her tender thoughts and prayers because prayers are always answered in maybe um, red, green, or yellow. Not now. And he left home. 
She never ceased to follow him with those tender thoughts and prayers. And a number of years passed by. And as those years passed by, and she had neither seen him nor heard from her boy, she inquired of all that she met who were likely to know his whereabouts. But it seemed to be all in vain. And then one day, a stranger, a stranger knocked on the door and asked for some food. He was a sailor, he was a soldier, and she was always ready to listen to stories of the sea. She asked him to relate some of the adventures that he had experienced. And over the lunch table, he told of numerous narrow escapes from death, having been shipwrecked several times. And he went on to say, however, that he was never, never as destitute as one time when he and a very fine, fine young gentleman were the only survivors of a vessel that had gone down in the sea. After seven days, Kevin Nye had closed his eyes. He said, and as the tears came to his own eyes, he, he recalled the incident. He told of his friend who, who found wonderful, wonderful happiness in reading a, a little book that his, his mother had given him when he was a, a young lad, young boy. And he said the little book was the only thing that he had saved from the, the shipwreck. He gave it to me, and the sailor continued, just as he was dying, he said, there, there, Jack, take it, read it, and may God bless you for it. This is all true. Asked the astonished mother, who by this time was trembling with excitement. And she says, yes, madame, every word, every word of it is true. The man drew from his jacket this little book, which, which was much battered and worn, that he held up. And he says, here is this very book, he said. And the woman sees the New Testament and looked at it incredibly, and, and yes, there was the name of her son coupled with her own name on the flyleaf. She gazed, she read, she rejoiced, she seemed to hear a voice say, Behold, your son liveth. Father God, as we honor our mothers, Their living memory still. God pays special attention to the prayers of mothers when they intercede for their children and their grandchildren. Perhaps because they put their whole hearts into their, their petitions. Memories of mothers' tender love can often soften even the hardest heart and, and pave the way for repentance and conversion. I thank God for Chris and the many mothers here who have left such an impact on their children and their grandchildren, their, their mates and their neighbors, and, as well as on their marriages and their ministry. Their prayers have been a stability through the years. We pray for those by way of television, radio, other means of communication today that their prayers may be persistent prayers that they may not be disheartened by the times that we live in when it seems like the stock market is suffering the worst months since almost the 29 crash which of course led to the great depression where it seems that times gas is on a road coaster headed for shortages, gas lines, where grocery prices are exploding to unimaginable levels, 
where the supply chain is ruined, where massive food shortages seem to be coming, where baby formula shortages are getting worse, there are lines across America where the government airlifts and baby formula airlifts, airlifts. America now looks like almost the fall of Saigon. It's only going to get much worse, possibly this summer and during the lawless times, energy experts are promising mass blackouts of electric grid across America. Then there's the massive crime and theft wave enveloping America's big cities. And we ask ourselves, America becoming a third world crap hole? And then don't forget our open borders desperate to open the floodgates and allow the whole world in. Millions of the world's poorest and sickest migrants, violent criminals, meth, all forms of drugs. Then there's a call by the government to take our guns away. We've even, I'm reminded of seeing a movie where only the government, the military and the police have guns. It's, it's called Schindler's List. Enforced environmental vaccines also remind us of the Nazi, Nazi regimes. I am fearful that as we see the prediction of attempts being brought on about lockdowns and vaccine mandates and vaccine passports. And in the midst of censorship and banning and intimidation and persecution of conservatives, Christians, patriots, and even parents at PTA meetings by government agencies. During the young children are offered sex changes. And when we see the corruption of our DOJ, the Department of Justice, and the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, then we feed the education systems trying to brainwash and indoctrinate our children with communistic, anti-American, anti-white, gender and sex identity ideology. We need godly Christian parents to step up. To close the gap. To speak biblical principles. As we see the culture coming in the church rather than the church going into the culture. Help us to raise up standards of the prevalence of scripture, tradition, reason, and experience. Give us godly wisdom as we launch out even personally from our church. Praying for the gathering of Dayhawk and other godly ministries. For these we pray in your name by praying together, dear Jesus, help us to be spirit-led, to stand for your principles, in Jesus' name. Amen. As the ushers come this morning and wait upon you for your tithes and offerings, let us turn to the offering listed in our bulletins. Would you pray this prayer with me? Help us to be generous givers. Dear Lord, both of our money and our lives, that we might make a difference in our community. We ask this to your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave all that he was, that we might know life and all its limits. Amen. Because he lives. Purple number 364, please.
truth. And for all the many days of great serving, for all our other days, we are thankful for your gracious God. Except we pray not just this money, but our lives freely offered in gratitude for all you have done for us. Use them both in this place and wherever you might take us. Amen. Chris, you have some directions on the flowers and the candy bars? I just want to let you know there's chocolate at the back of the church. We all need chocolate. And if flowers, we're going to bring those to the back. Help yourself to a flower, moms, if you want, if you want one. Okay, come on.